The readings this morning are firstly taken from the book of Acts, chapter 17, starting at verse 1, and this is followed by 1 Thessalonians, chapter 1, beginning at the first verse. Acts, chapter 17, verse 1. When Paul and his companions had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a Jewish synagogue. As was his custom, Paul went into the synagogue, and on three Sabbath days he reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and proving that the Messiah had to suffer and rise from the dead. This Jesus I am proclaiming to you is the Messiah, he said. Some of the Jews were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a large number of God-fearing Greeks and quite a few prominent women. But other Jews were jealous, so they rounded up some bad characters from the marketplace, formed a mob and started a riot in the city. They rushed to Jason's house in search of Paul and Silas in order to bring them out to the crowd. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some other believers before the city officials, shouting, These men who have caused trouble all over the world have now come here, and Jason has welcomed them into his house. They are all defying Caesar's decrees, saying that there is another king, one called Jesus. When they had heard this, the crowd and the city officials were thrown into turmoil. Then they put Jason and the others on bail and let them go. And now 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, beginning at the first verse. Paul, Silas and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labour prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Clive, very much. Let's pray together as we begin. Father, we pray that you would open our minds and our hearts to your word this morning and please speak to us for Jesus' sake. Amen. Well, I wonder if you're feeling under pressure. I mean, it could be exams coming up or uh, uh, a job interview or an appraisal or... Uh, even with the restrictions lifting, you could be thinking, oh dear, this is uh, all rather different now, isn't it? And uh, perhaps feel a bit under pressure, a bit stressed about uh, this, that, and uh, all sorts of things. Well, today we're starting a series in 1 Thessalonians. And the church in Thessalonica was without doubt under a great deal of pressure. You read of Acts 17 and verses 1 to 9, as Clive read for us first there, and that's how the church was started. And very soon after some people became Christians, there was a mob and there were riots and all sorts of difficult things going on. And then this letter that we're looking at this morning is, is one of the oldest, if not the oldest, existing piece of lit Christian literature in the world. And it was written just months after what happened in Acts chapter 17. 
So the church in Thessalonica, which he writes such good things about, uh, they've started in really unpromising circumstances. They've had a really difficult time. They're very young in the faith. Uh, they've become Christians. Some of the folks in this, this quite big city have become Christians. Uh, but it's actually they, they are the, the fundamental thing to know and see and understand about them is they're under pressure. There's a lot of pressure on this new young church. It's like, you know, just a, a month ago when the, 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 the shoots of early spring were coming up through the ground and then you in these last few weeks we've had we had frosts haven't we and uh, you feel that actually this new growth is under really some significant pressure and it's that's a picture really of what it was like in Thessalonica new things happening new life there but actually significant pressure and we're going to see uh, this morning, I just want to simply say this, if you're under pressure, then we need to get back to basics. That's what these uh, three verses are saying to us. If you're under pressure, you need to get back to basics. This has nothing to do with John Major and the Tory party conference in 1993 and his back to basics campaign. Nothing whatever to do with that, okay? We're simply saying that if you as a Christian are under pressure, you need to get back to the basics, to the fundamentals, now, the first thing to say in this is if we're going to get back to basics, the first thing we need to remember is this. You've got to remember who you are. Remember who we are. Now, the, the letter here, it is written by the Apostle Paul, and he loved to work in a team. So it was with Silas, and then Timothy joined him, and uh, that's his team at the moment. And then the rest of verse 1 says this, and this is quite unusual in terms of the way Paul starts his letters, to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And I just want to look at that little phrase there, the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First of all, it means is the church. The word church he uses there is the, is the word ecclesia, as in ecclesiological and so on. And, uh, and it means literally um, a gathering, just a gathering, the gathering of the, of the Thessalonians. It was taken to mean a gathering of Christians, but he's talking here about a physical gathering of people called by God to belong to him. Um, uh, it, incidentally, from this, you can see that uh, as a church, we are... A group of people who have been created to gather. Now, okay, we can't all meet together at the moment physically, but that's what it meant originally, didn't it? And we all would be gathering online, I suspect, for some considerable time as well until we can actually fit everyone in the building. But the best thing is to be here physically gathered. That's what the church was originally, a physically gathered group of people. An assembly, a meeting together. And it's in one particular place, to the church of the Thessalonians. Now, Thessalonica was actually quite a big place. It was, uh, it was bigger than Brighton. It, was, it wasn't as big as Brighton. It was about 200,000 people. But that was colossal in those kind of days. And it was a seaport. And it was a busy place. I mean, you can go there on holiday now. Uh, if, if, well, you probably can't at the moment. But at one point, we will be able to go on holiday there. Um, but they were the th- church of the Thessalonians, made up of people from Thessaloniki. And we are the church or part of God's people in the Hove, made up of Hovites or whatever we're called, Hovians or, or whatever. And, uh, uh, and the thing is, he's saying here, look, if you're under pressure, remember who you are. 
We are the church. That's why we had our first song. We are the church in Hove. But actually there's a more important in here. So the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And that means the church of the Thessalonians, or if you like, the church of the BHs, um, are brought into being by God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. It means the church of the Thessalonians, or us here, living in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, rooted in, drawing life from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So we are, therefore, we are the, the, the assembly of God in this bit of hove, brought into being by God the Father and God who is the Lord Jesus Christ, because it says Lord in Jesus Christ. That's the word for Yahweh. That's the word for God, Jesus Christ. We are the ones here who are living in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We are the ones here who are rooted in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We are the ones who are drawing our life from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you are feeling under pressure in any way, now or in any time in the future, it's really good to go back to the basics of what we are. And we get here into the building and we look around us and we can see well this is extraordinary we are a gathered people created by god brought into being by god rooted in god drawing our life from god meeting together here we trust at some point in the future all together here physically in the building remember who you are and that's always going to be encouraging for christians to remember who we are now, the, the points two, three, and four, which follow, um, are all about the Christian life. And it's the rest of, well, it's verse three here, here. We remember before our God and Father three things. First, your work produced by faith. Second, your labor prompted by love. And third, your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. John Calvin called that little triumvirate there a brief description of true Christianity. A brief description of true Christianity. And so if we're under pressure, if we're, if, we're, if we're under pressure for whatever reason in life, then it's good to remember, first of all, who we are, and then second, these three things. We're like a three-legged stool of this brief definition of true Christianity. So remember who you are, and then, and then the second thing is to remember that the, the Christian life is all about faith. The Christian life is all about faith. And uh, uh, it's the Christian faith here. And all of these three points we're going to be looking at now, faith, love, and hope, they're all looking outwards. So often we can be, just be drawn, especially in times of pandemic, into thinking about ourselves. But these are all looking outwards, aren't they? So faith in God, the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, looking away from ourselves, love for other people, hope looking out from ourselves to the future. And we see here that every Christian is therefore a believer, a lover, and a hoper. If you're a Christian, you are a believer, a lover, and a hoper. And this first point is that we're believers. 
So it's not just that we follow a particular kind of code. We've got to be nice and uh, uh, be kind to other people and, uh, uh, and don't swear and all that sort of stuff. No, this is talking about the fact that fundamentally the thing about Christian people is that we believe. We have put our trust in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We remember that Jesus died for it, that he was raised again from the dead, and we put our hand in his, and we are remembering and believing that his death for us and his resurrection from the dead is enough when we put our trust in him to get us to glory when we die. We remember that he took our place and he died for our sin. And we trust him that our sentence, that our punishment was taken by him, the Lord Jesus, when he died for us that day. And the Christian life is a life of faith every day, following Jesus, trusting him that as we live our lives as he wants us to, then whatever the situations, whatever the challenges, whatever the pressures, whatever the stresses, then he will see us through. So we need to be people who are trusting God. That's what the believing means. He talks here, remember before our God and Father, your work produced by faith. So faith produces work. It was U.S. President Jimmy Carter said, to me, faith is not just a noun, but a verb. Not just a noun, but a verb. And the simple fact is that for these baby Christians in Thessalonica, he is already, as Paul writes them here, he is already thanking God for their faith, which produced a change in their lives, that they worked as Christians, that, it, that they, they lived this out in their everyday life. They're keen to serve others, to help other people. I mean, Christianity has always been other-focused, hasn't it? Right from the start. Because it's based on a Lord who gave his life for us. You can't get any more other-focused than that, can you? Um, but we can be. I think perhaps especially in lockdown, we, we've, we've come a little bit kind of turned in on ourselves, perhaps. Maybe we just ought to be thinking about how we can turn out from ourselves and be thinking of other people uh, and be putting other people, make sure we put other folks first and serve them and make it our delight to work for others. Which is getting into the next point, actually. So if we're under pressure, we get back to basics. Let's make clear, remind ourselves who we are. Let's remind ourselves, too, that Christian life is all about faith which makes us delight to work for others. And then the next thing, the Christian life, is all about love. It's all about love. So he talks here about your labor prompted by love. Now we know, don't we, that um, the opposite of love is not hate, but it's self-love. So it's taking on what we've just been, been talking about. And the labor prompted by love here, that is a love for others that drives us out from ourselves. A, a, a love for others that drives us to labor for them. And the word for labor here is actually the kind of hard physical labor from which you feel tired at the end of the day. So I don't know if you've had a, uh, if you were busy in the garden yesterday, uh, say digging over stuff or whatever, and at the end of the day you just sit down and you're pretty worn out. That's the idea of what it means here in terms of love leading to labor, labor prompted by love true is our, our world just just prefer to have it easy doesn't it 
I was, I was quite amused when I, when I came across this. Um, the, this is comment cards received by uh, the staff at a wilderness area in Wyoming in the USA. These are comments about a wilderness area, okay? Now, talk about people wanting it easy. One of the cards said this, trails need to be reconstructed. Please avoid building trails that go uphill. Another one said, chairlifts need to be in some places so that we can get to wonderful views without having to hike to them. Another one, the coyotes made too much noise last night and kept me awake. Please eradicate these annoying animals. <laughs> really? Um, escalators would help up steep uphill sections. Someone else wrote, this is serious. Someone else wrote, the McDonald's would be nice at the trailhead. And then someone else wrote, too many rocks in the mountains. <laughs> what do you think mountains are made of? Extraordinary. Anyway, love means not taking it easy. Love means not necessarily just having everything provided for us. Love means committing ourselves to other people. Love means labor, hard work for others, putting ourselves uh, out for other folks. Christianity started with love. God so loved the world, that's us, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Christian people are loved past all imagining. We love till the end. We love till it hurts. We love till we're exhausted. Have you loved someone today? Have you loved someone this past week? Are you going to love someone this next week? This next month till it hurts? When the pressure is on, we get back to basics. It means we're going to remind ourselves who we are. It means we're going to remind ourselves that the Christian life is all about faith. It is the Christian faith, not just Christian behavior. The Christian faith, putting our trust in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. That it's all about love. And then the final thing here is the Christian life is all about hope. So he's reminded her of their endurance. But how do they get to endure? Well, it's inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. So it's not any old hope, but it's hope that's focused on our Lord Jesus. Hope that he has actually opened the door to heaven. Hope that actually when we come to that last day and when we slip from this world into eternity, that actually we are assured of a place with Jesus for all eternity because of his victorious death and resurrection. Hope that when we die, all will be well because we will be with him for all eternity. And Christian hope, it's our certainty about the future based on the glorious truths of the past. So because we know about the past, we also know about the future and that we are secure. And we're not just coming to our last days thinking, oh, I do hope it'll be all right, but we are secure as we look to the future. And this church of the Thessalonians, the church in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, is tiny. And they're baby new Christians. They were born in persecutions. And how are they going to endure? How are they going to remain steadfast and persevere? How are they going to avoid just giving up? How are you and I going to avoid just giving up? by gazing at our hope, 
by letting our hope inspire us, by letting our hope fill us with a glorious expectation. That's how we're going to keep going. That's how we're going to keep going when the pressure is on. That's how we're going to endure. Because we know at the end of the day, it's worth it. How did Mo Farah uh, keep on going? With all the training at the, uh, the high altitude and away from his family, day after day, week after week, month after month. It was that hope of gold medals, wasn't it? At World Championships at the... For instance, the 2012 Olympics on that glorious Saturday night um, at the London Olympics. So focus on the future glory inspires us in our endurance. And it's just the same for us too. Hope of future glory means that we're really going to keep on going here and now. We'll endure. Um, as I look at some kind of uh, branches of Christianity... Uh, and some of the of the things that they believe where for instance there's a there's a real experience focused uh, practice of the church it's just all about the experience you can have it all now heaven on earth and that just concerns me a mite no more than a mite a lot because i just don't think we see that kind of thing in the bible in the way that it's expressed today in in some places Remember what John Calvin said of verse 3? A brief description of true Christianity. And that's not heaven on earth. Heaven is in heaven. Here, we need to persevere. Here, we need to endure. Here, we need to keep on going. And we can do that when we have hope. Based on the past events and looking clearly to the future christianity true christianity is about faith love and hope so how do we keep on going as christians when the pressure's on well you need to remember what richard Cokin once wrote we have a most precious thing in this world hope for the next so let's get back to basics and let's remember, first of all, who we are. We are the church of God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. We are the church, God's creation. God's at work here. And then we need to remember this three-legged stool of what, the, what is happening, of what the Christian life is all about. It's about faith. It's about love, and it's all about hope.